Well, good morning again. want to do a couple things really quickly before um, we get going. Um, if you'll notice this beautiful family right over here in this section, Charles and Deanne Smith, um, this next coming Sunday, the 23rd, um, will be their last Sunday with us at Shiloh. Um, they are moving to Abilene. Um, I think there's some grandkids involved in this whole ordeal somewhere along the way and um, family and their own kids, and so um, we want to definitely make sure we know, let them know that they are loved and will be greatly missed. The other thing, um, groups last week, um, GroupLink, got off to a great start. We have um, around 200 people in about 18 different groups throughout our congregation, and um, that is fantastic. And um, we're going to give you the opportunity at, at different points to still plug into groups, um, and we want to make that a priority in our church because we believe that life change happens in circles, not rows. The other thing I want to let you know about, and I, I do this from time to time, just remind you, on your phone there could be an app called The Bible, um, and it's version. And in version, there is live events. And under live events, every week, the sermon is there with sermon notes and the scripture and different things that you can do to take it with you when you go. Um, and so if you are in version, there is a button on the right side. If you have an iPhone, if you have one of those other kind of imitation devices, I'm sorry, I don't know how to help. Um, but we, we could probably help you at some point. Um, and then on that more section, there is events. And then your location will show, hey, there's Shiloh Road Church of Christ, and you can follow along the sermon right there on your phone. And so if that helps you, um, great, it is there, and I have told you. So um, when I was in college, one of the things I began to enjoy, and even a little younger, um, was golf. I was um, pretty incredible, I have to say, or at least wanted to be. Because you watch, and, and when I was in high school and growing up, Tiger Woods was um, pretty pretty big deal. Most people knew who Tiger Woods was. And you watch him on TV on Sunday at the Masters, and it looks so easy. Like, I can do that. I mean, why, why couldn't I hit a little hook around the tree? Or why couldn't I hit my, my wood from the fairway and just run it up on the ground? I mean, it looks easy. The problem is, is I expected to go out and play at that level. The problem is, I never practiced, not only at that level, but at all. And my excuse was, well, I live in Cleburne, Texas. We don't have any place to practice. We don't really have a driving range or a place to putt and chip. And so I'm not going to really go do it. If we ever get that, then... I'm going to go practice. And so about five years into our time at Cleburne, uh, the oil and gas industry was just booming there. And they decided to build a beautiful Lynx-style golf course with practice facilities. And I will be happy to tell you I made it out there to practice the very first week. And I was doing great. And I don't think I made it out to practice again the less, 
rest of the five years I was there. And I would go out to play, and I would hit drives and hook them and slice them, and I would hit bad shots, and I think, man, if I would just practice, I would be really good. And I was paying money for a game that I just paid for good golf balls to go out and lose on the course. Did anyone else relate? Anyone else? No? No one else? All y'all practice or don't play or don't care? Bad illustration, no more golf. (laughs) But I expected to be good at something I never really worked at. For me, um, early on, prayer had kind of a similar resemblance. It was something that I expected to be really good at, although I didn't put a lot of practice into it. And I remember hearing sermons about, hey, you need to pray more, and you need to spend more time talking to God. And I remember walking away thinking, well, yeah, I feel kind of guilty because I don't do that enough, and I need to do it more. And so I would go home, and I would sit in my room, and I would be silent, and I would try to pray as hard as I could, and my mind found millions of other things to pull it off course. And I thought my experience was so much different from everyone else's. I thought, well, I'm the only one who struggles with this, and there's got to be something wrong with me, because everyone else gets this whole prayer deal, except me. And then I began to run into people who felt the way I felt. The prayer was difficult. And they would spend time trying so hard for a few days, and then there would be the distractions that came and the busyness of life, and you would be in this situation where you're hearing a sermon again on, you need to pray more, and think, oh man, i got to get back to that. And it's this cycle for me of guilt followed by not really knowing what to do. Oh, you just talk to God. It's okay, just talk to God. And so prayer became very frustrating. Not really knowing how to talk to God. Not really knowing how to connect. And i got to tell you, I'm the preacher, and I'm supposed to have it all down. But it's still something I struggle with. It's still something that pushes me. And so I just want to say, if you're someone here who's got it down and does not struggle, I am so glad, because I used to hear stories about you. That you would pray for an hour, and I wanted that so bad, but I didn't know how to get there. That I have this connection, this intimate relationship with God, but I didn't know what that looked like. All I knew was I was supposed to have it, but no one ever really told me how to have it. And so maybe for some of you who've gotten it down, or have grown to a point where you're well past where I am, 
This might not necessarily be for you today. But what I have found is there are far, far more people who struggle with prayer. And so if you come and you say, well, I'm, I'm not really sure how this is supposed to look. I'm not really sure. And it looks like everyone else has got this down except for me. Understand that you are not alone. You're not alone. That there are a lot of people who struggle with prayer. And so the question that comes that we hear probably more than anything else, well, well does prayer even work? And you have a lot of people in here who would say, yes, yes, prayer works. And I would just simply ask, well, what do you mean by that statement? What do you mean that prayer works? Because typically when we say, well, prayer works, what we're saying is God heard our prayer and he answered in the way that we wanted him to. And if that is the purpose of prayer to get God to do what we want. And I might suggest to you that I don't think that is prayer. There's a story in Acts chapter 4. And we started last week in this story where Peter and John have healed a man and they've been called to give an account for what they've done. And and here's what the religious leaders tell Peter and John and these other apostles. Verse 18 of chapter 4. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And further threats, they let them go. Or after further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40. So there's this story where they've healed a man and the command given to them by the religious leaders is you are not to speak or teach again in the name of Jesus. And I want you to think about what happens when things like that happen in our world, our our response. You can't do this anymore. We bow our backs and we get mad and we say, well, I'm going to send a Facebook message to everyone I know telling them. But I want you to notice their response. I want you to notice their response. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Their response is they begin to pray. They they go back, 
they join in with one another and they begin to pray together. See, the, the first thing that prayer does is prayer grounds us. It grounds us because it reminds us who we are. It reminds us our place in the universe. It reminds us that we are not in control. It reminds us that there is one who is sovereign and over all that world, and it is not me. It grounds us by reminding us who we are and reminding us who God is and reminding us what Christ has done. You spoke by the Holy Spirit. Now, just listen to the words of this prayer. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand would happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And so as they begin this prayer to the sovereign Lord who is ruler over everything, they pull from their prayer book the Psalms. And they quote Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2, where they say this is kind of similar to when David was running. Why do the people conspire against you and your anointed Lord? And it's so interesting that throughout the Psalms, there are over 200 references to the Old Testament in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, there are over 200 references to the Psalms. Where they're pulling from the Psalms these words where they don't have words to pray. Where they don't know what to pray. And the words that they're pulling from the Psalms are forming the rest of their prayer life. Because that's what prayer does. Prayer forms us. Prayer forms us. It forms the way that we see God, and it forms the way that we interact with the divine. It teaches us. When I was in middle school, my mom signed me up for what was called cotillion. It's an etiquette class, if you don't know what it is, where they teach you manners, and they teach you how to open doors for ladies, and sit at a table and have dinner and which forks to use, and how to dance, and where to put your hands. Because when you're in junior high, you don't have a clue. 
It's not a problem that she signed me up for this. See, the problem came down to the fact that one Tuesday we were playing the Tigers. And my mom made me miss a game to go learn how to dance. She made me miss a baseball game to go learn how to dance. And you can say, well, you don't even remember. I remember who we played. It was that traumatic. Because not only did she make me miss the game, my dad was the coach. And when my friends asked me, or asked my dad, well, where's Gary tonight? You you know, okay, there's, there's a lot of good options, people. All right, and I know we say, well, don't lie, but he's got a sore throat, stomach virus. He has a ton of homework. He had a prior engagement. No, no. He's learning to dance. And don't think for a second I did not hear about that for the rest of the season. But they put me in this place that was forming me and teaching me what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And I know to this day that when I sit down at a meal and there are 18 different utensils to eat with, you start from the outside and work your way in. But they were teaching me something, and I'm still bitter, by the way, that I had to go learn it. I mean, come on, December. We don't play baseball in December, right? Um, Anyway, sorry. Off course. I need counseling this week, I think. This is bringing up a lot of memories. But it was forming me so that it would become something that it was ingrained in me. And that's what the Psalms did for these people. It ingrained these words in their lives and in their hearts so that they had the language to communicate with the divine. I mean, think about English. You didn't just pick it up yesterday. You didn't invent it. It's been something that people have been working on and changing and forming throughout the centuries. And over time, you have learned how to do it. And we think for some reason prayer is supposed to be different. That we're supposed to just wake up one day and, well, now I know how to talk to God. But it's something that has to be formed and cultivated and grown within us. And so if you think, well, I'm not very good at it, or I don't know where to start, or I don't know what to do, you're not alone. And the problem is, for so long we have told one another we need to pray more, but we've never really talked about how to pray. And so this morning, I want to try to spend a little bit of time 
not just talking about the, the why we pray and that you need to pray, but the what and the how. How do we do this? Because here's what happens, and this is the last thing that, that I want to say prayer does, is that prayer fills us. After they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Hey, Doug, can I borrow you for a second? Yeah, right up here. Doug, today you get to be God. Can you say in a really deep voice, I am God? I am. <clears throat> you pick me on the day that oh, I'm so, no. Okay, we'll just, we'll just leave it there. Just imagine, okay, the deep Morgan Freeman voice, okay? Most of the time, when we talk about our prayer life, it begins right here. God, help me. God, help me. And what it amounts to many times is, God, here's my to-do list. And if you could get on it, it would be great. And of course, we don't really say it like that or mean it like that, but that's kind of how it comes across. God, here's all these things that I see in the world. Here's all those things that I see in my life that needs to be changed, that needs to be different. God, can you help me? God, can you do this for me? And this is not a bad prayer. I think we see examples of that throughout Scripture. But if we're not careful, and we don't learn how to pray, this becomes the essence of all of our prayer life. God, help me. And we have our list of all the things that I would like to see God do in this world. But the problem is when this is our prayer life, and this is our relationship with God, it is incomplete. And the reason it's incomplete is because there is so much more depth available to you than just simply, God, help me. See, the difference in our prayer life is God, form me. God, form me. God, I'm, I'm into this journey with you, and I need you to be changing me. I need you to be forming me. I need you to be filling me. I need your spirit to live inside of me. What happens when we begin to pray this prayer is this prayer is transformed on the other side. You think, think how many times Jesus says, well, whatever you ask in my name will be done for you. So we think, well, God, help me. I need a new job. God, I need more money. God, we need our car to make it. God, I need a relationship. God, I need my children to be okay. God, I mean, the list's endless. God, help him. God, heal her. 
And those are great things. But the problem is when that consistently is all we are relating to God, what we are asking God to do is never transformed into what He wants our life to be. Think about the prayer we just prayed. Thank you, Doug. Think about the prayer we just prayed in the Lord's Prayer. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, this has to be the focus. This has to be the way that we relate to God. And as we learn to relate to God here and God form me, the prayers of God help me are transformed on the other side. It's not that this is a bad prayer life. It's just an incomplete prayer life. God form me. And it has to become a part of the rhythm of your daily life. Of how you interact and how you relate to God. Because the response is divine. The earth is shaken. And the people are filled. And because people are filled, the world is being transformed. I want you to watch this story. My story begins with my childhood, really. I grew up in a Christian family and had the fortune to be able to go to church every Sunday and interact with Christian friends through my growing up years and um, so I did know about God and about faith but I never really truly owned my own prayer life until I got out on my own Um, I knew that God was a good giver of gifts but it never sunk in with me that not only was he a good giver of gifts but he also allows pain and suffering and trials in our lives so that we might truly form our prayer life and learn to be totally dependent on Him. I didn't understand that in His great wisdom that He tells us in Romans 8, 17 that we must share in His suffering if we want to share in His glory. By the time I had arrived in my life to the point of the story that I want to tell you all today, I had been through times of suffering and pain in my life, and so I had learned to lean in to God. My story began last year with a phone call when I learned that I had an abnormal mammogram and that I needed to come in for more testing. I did go in, and after more testing, um, I learned that I did have breast cancer and that it would require surgery. Immediately, my heart began racing and I truly knew a few moments of extreme fear and um, 
doubts about what would happen to my family, to my children, if I wasn't here to help take care of them. And I knew Dwight was here and that he would take care of Chris, but um, there's nothing like a mother's love. And I just hated to be not be here for part of that. But I knew that God in His divine wisdom knew what was going on in my life. And that's when I started to really um, read and think about scripture that would help me deal with the fear I was having. I thought about Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Psalm 91, 4 says, He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. He will be your shield and rampart. I began to feel um, the peace of God rest in my soul and from that point on I was not afraid and I knew whatever the Lord had in store for me that I was ready to go through and my friends and family again supported me through this and Dwight was a wonderful comfort and support to me every step of the way and one year later I learned that I'm completely cancer free just before I went into surgery, um, I said these verses to myself. And I'm gonna ask Dwight to say them with me now. And if y'all would like to join in with us as we quote this chapter, Psalms 23, it gave me great comfort. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for Here's why I wanted you to hear Billy Sue's story. Because so many times prayer is God, get me out. But prayer is not what gets us out. It's what sustains us to get us through. The, the primary purpose of prayer is that we would be properly formed. Because it influences, it impacts the way that we respond. When, when people treat us wrong, when things don't go the way that we think they should, when the things in this world don't look the way we think they should look, it forms us to be able to walk through those times, not merely get us out. God, form me. And so I want to give you something this morning that has helped me. And it's something I do just on a daily basis. 
It's my morning prayer liturgy. And a liturgy is just a form, a set form that you move through as you pray. And there are some ancient prayers of the church. There are psalms. There are some readings. And hopefully, altogether, it would take about 30 minutes to go through. And if that seems like a really long time for you, I promise you with something like this, it will help it go by. And it will not seem too long. And the, the pushback that most people say, well, that liturgy is just kind of dead. Well, it's just words. It's not live or dead. It's the person that speaks them that is either alive or dead. And if this is something, if, if prayer is something that you struggle with, this is something that I have found helps me immensely. And there are copies of these outside on the, the round table, the adult spiritual formations table, and then also on the main table where you pick up your bulletin that you can pick up this morning and stick in your Bible. And I would encourage you just to start here. If prayer is a difficulty or a struggle for you, to start here just every day. If you pray better in the morning, do it in the morning. If you do it better at night, do it at night. Whatever works for you. There's, there's no real set way. But what happens over time is you begin to learn the language because of the repetition. And repetition is a great thing. Advertising companies know this. We all know that nationwide is what? on your side and if you grew up in the 1990s you can still call Dalworth carpet cleaning in Dallas Texas because the number is 2678433 because the next best thing to do is Dalworth clean that repetition helps us and we have so much depth and repetition that we can draw from through the Psalms and through the early prayers of the church. And if that seems like it's too long for you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up to Psalm 23 and to Matthew 6. And if you can do nothing else, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and Matthew 6. And try for the next seven days to just simply pray through those. Because what happens is as you learn the language of prayer, it begins to transform how you pray, how you pray for your family, how you pray for petition and taking our request to God. And there's places for this in that liturgy. It's basically a menu to walk you through. But as we kind of finish up this morning, I just want to kind of show you how it works. As this begins to form you and shape you, who you are. Let's bow our heads together. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. 
My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory because your words are better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all of the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Father... Holy Father, Abba, Father, hallowed, holy, sacred, righteous, be your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Your kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your government come, your politics be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your rule and reign come, your plans and purposes be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Father, give us what we need simply for today to sustain us. Give us the wisdom. Give us the knowledge of Your Word. Give us the love for our fellow brothers and sisters. Give us Your heart and Your compassion for people in this world. Fill us with the bread of Your Word. Fill us with the life of your Spirit. Father, give us what we need simply for today. And forgive us our debts. Oh, Father, they are so great and so many. Father, things that we have done and things that we have failed to do, times we have rebelled 
and chosen our own path. And Father, times when we've simply taken no path at all. Father, help us to forgive, to be people of forgiveness, a forgiven people who forgive as you forgave, a people who love you, who are committed to your rule, to your reign, forgiven and free. Father, send us in this world to forgive people who have done us wrong and people that we simply perceive have done us wrong. Help us to not hold a grudge, to hold no records of wrongs, to not hold on to the past, but, Father, to simply release it as our past has been released. Father, keep us, keep us from the evil one, protect us, guide us. Father, our frames are weak and feeble, we are but dust. And Father, we pray for your protection. We pray that you would be our sword, our shield our conqueror, our deliverer. Father, we thank you that death has been defeated. We thank you that death has lost its sting. We thank you that the tomb is empty. And we pray that you would keep us from the power of the evil one, the Satan, the accuser, the adversary. And that you would give us the power and the strength stand. Father, because yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And over time, those words of the Psalms, those words of prayer become a part of who we are changing us, transforming us in how we respond and how we see the world. And this week, if that's where you are, if prayer has been a struggle, simply invite you to try. Pick one up this morning on your way out. They're online as well on version. Save it to your phone. but connect with this glorious God who loves you more than anything else in the world. If you've never given your life to him, we offer you that invitation this morning. If we could simply pray for you, put an arm around you, hug you, hold you, do whatever we could, we would love to help in any way. And our shepherds and staff are going to be around the back of the auditorium to pray for you. So whatever your need, come while we stand and we sing.